Hey everybody, welcome back to the last episode in this series of Black Women Rising, the Untold Cancer Stories podcast. Charlotte, it's the last one. I can't believe it, it's gone so quick. It's gone so quick. You know what as well, I think it's important to kind of say to everyone, it's so weird, we only decided to kind of, you know, stop the podcast at episode 12 just because I think if we're if I'm being totally honest it became a lot didn't it yeah it is and even emotionally as well like listening to all the stories it can be quite a lot yeah it's been we've been on an incredible and we're very honored to have heard all the stories we have and the testimonies of everybody that have been on the show but it has definitely it is it takes its toll doesn't it really and I think one of the biggest things that I think as we're coming out of this epidemic or coming through (laughs) part of it wave one as they say there's this kind of messaging of kind of never taking life for granted and I think with all of our guests that we've had on the show including the episode last week um, around grief which has really touched so many people there's this constant messaging of just kind of like being so thankful for life thankful for health thankful for loved ones Um, and so much has happened obviously we lost our dear friend Saima Um, there's been other things going on in our community in terms of COVID it's this podcast came at the right time for a lot of people yeah thanks for that and I just think why not end this episode on a high um, and feature some of the new and old BAME cancer support groups that are around you know Black Women Rising isn't just the only one we have others and we've connected with others and through this journey we've discovered others um so i think it's just really really important that we kind of shed some spotlight onto these organizations and what they do and the stories behind it what do you think charlotte yeah i think that's an amazing idea so we've invited some really 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 cool people um that i'm gonna leave charlotte to ask them about their organizations and all the amazing things that they do but first, I think you're going to ask me some questions, right? Of course. We've got to start with that. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. What do you want to know? Okay, so why did you start Black Women Rising? So Black Women Rising started completely accidental. Um, it was just after my treatment when I realised that the hospital that I had my treatment in just couldn't offer me mental health support when I was really, really struggling after cancer. I wrote some blogs, I published them, very well-known charity, Breast Cancer Care, which they were called at the time, which are called Breast Cancer Now, picked up one of my blogs and published it. And um, it just touched so many people, but I had so many messages from people in my own community um, talking about, you know, cancer and stuff and their own journeys. And some of these stories were just so horrific. I ended up advising a lot of people And when I realised I couldn't advise anymore, I just said, okay, guys, why don't we all come together and talk? So I set up like a, a, just a meeting, really. Got my mum to make loads of cakes, got an office space, a space in my office um, in Peckham and told everyone to come. And I think we started off with about eight women um, and then it kind of grew from there. You know, we we had some, I'd done a dinner, didn't I? And I'd done all these little things and and it just kind of grew from there, really. And, you know, it wasn't called Black Women Rising at the time. It was just a peer support group. 
yeah. and then you know slowly and surely as other projects and other things have come into play it's just turned into this wow this uh this movement it's been amazing an amazing journey to watch as well yes yes of mm. course because you've been there from the very get-go yeah I, <laughs> I still don't know what the hell we're doing half the time but you know it works. <laughs> but it's true you know you never know where you're going from place to place and it's because when things are accidental or when you find your purpose in life nothing really does come as you want it to come you can't plan mm. you can't plan because opportunity arises and then you go left this happens and then you go right the main thing that you've got to do just during that time is just kind of keep a a level head which is what I try to do and what my focus is and I think what's amazing about our charity is we've got you know a few branches we've got the exhibition that does really really well and yeah we've got the exhibition that does so well then we've got the support groups um which are you know buzzing and growing you know and they're, they're an anchor for a lot of people we've also got you know our special project that's coming out um we are developing at the moment and i can say it now we're developing the first of its kind a black women rising dedicated magazine for women who are going through cancer mm-hmm. um which is obviously so exciting we've been working on this for a while and it's mm-hmm. going to be coming out in the autumn so and we're working with an amazing charity called future dreams who are helping us pull this together and we are just so thankful for that and that's actually been such an exciting project to work on during this covid time and then we do loads of pamper events don't we And we do you know so many other stuff and and the thing is who knows tomorrow there might be another project yeah you know but the, the great thing is is that anybody can contact us yeah. as they do already you know i had someone contact me this morning asking for support and we've got something we've got an offering for everybody yeah. and that's what it is you know some people just do one thing in their charities and their organizations we don't you know we have something to offer everybody that comes and knocks at our door yeah and even with all this covid going on the way that we've kind of moved the support group to online that's been really amazing yeah it really has because we've been able to reach our sisters that are from all over the UK, you know, as opposed to just being in, you know, London, which has been a massive hindrance for us. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about what the, you know, the, the forecast for our charity. Thank you so much. And how can people get in touch with Black Women Rising? Well, the best way to get in touch with us at the moment is via email. So you've got foundation at leannepero.com and uh, that's the best way to get in touch that's the way that most people do uh, we will get back to you and obviously um, you know just let us know what we're doing and what you want to get involved in we also on our instagram we have quite a lot of um, links in our bio um, of all different things so if people want to share their stories you know we've got quite a lot of people wanting to get involved with the podcast which is obviously fantastic so whilst we're sort of planning series two they can get in contact with us on there um, with their stories um, and you know just register their interest really okay thank you so much thank you charlotte oh my god i feel like i was under investigation there <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna leave you to it but my biggest thing that i want to say to everybody is just thank you so much for listening charlotte thank you for being my co-host anchor to be honest with you on the weeks where i couldn't do it and i left you to your own devices to, to do the podcast for me i really appreciate that um because sometimes it just got a bit too heavy for me and i had to do i had to tap out of the cancer world you know 
um, particularly, you know, with Simon's death and stuff. And I just want to give thanks to you and I want to give thanks to the audience, the people that message me all the time saying how much this podcast is changing their lives. We had Black Lives Matter. We've had everything during this podcast, gosh. <laughs> but um, what's been lovely to see is communities coming forward, you know, people that are not in, you know, the Black and Asian community and people messaging me saying, thank you so much for the education. I did not know. I'm sorry you've gone through this. And people have actually actively reached out and said that they're learning and that's all we ever wanted was was people to learn you know and you know people saying oh you know your podcast actually quite funny yes we're normal people you know <laughs> you know and it's like what did you expect what angry black women or something <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> no we're normal people normal girls you know we are the age that we are and we're we're actively trying to live it and I think that's been such a nice feedback to get from people just saying do you know I just totally relate to you not even in the cancer sense but just as a woman sense and I think that that is the biggest compliment that we could ever achieve so thanks to everyone that's tuned in this series next series is going to be bigger and better than before and yeah just keep keep in touch and you know keep sharing people keep sharing these podcasts with people you know and thank you to the international uh, friends that are listening as well you know I get the stats back for the podcast and we see that we've got people from all over the world listening to this podcast and that makes me smile every time so thank you also yeah. to you guys for just tuning in and hearing our stories so Charlotte I'm gonna leave you to it darling all right great thank you so much all right my love Thank you, everybody. Bye. And we're joined by Beverly DeGal from ACLT. How are you doing, Beverly? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. Thank you for joining us. We just really wanted to know um, more about ACLT and why you started and what it is that you do. Okay, so ACLT is the African Caribbean Leukemia Trust. Myself and my husband um, started the ACLT in 1996, three years after our six-year-old son, Daniel, was diagnosed with an acute form of childhood leukemia. He was initially put on treatments, but unfortunately the treatments, well, Daniel was put on two years of treatments. And after the two years, he went into remission we were told to go home and get on with the rest of our lives. But nine months after coming off treatments, he suffered a relapse. The leukemia came back and we were told at this time that he needed a bone marrow stem cell transplant. Bone marrow stem cell matching is race specific. We are of black African Caribbean descent. Um, and at that point, this was in 1996, there were less than... 580 black or mixed race black people on the UK bone marrow register and our doctors at Great Ormond Street told us that we had less than a one in a quarter million chance of finding a donor for Daniel and so we set up the ACLT to raise awareness of blood cancers to encourage our communities to register as potential bone marrow stem cell donors not just for Daniel, but to see if we could help other black and mixed race people that found themselves in the same situation. And 24 years later, we're still going. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so Thank you. much. And how can people get in contact with you? 
So they can call us on our office telephone number, which is manned Monday to Friday during normal office hours. And the telephone number for that is 0203-757-7700. Or they can go to our website, which is aclt.org. Um, all the information's there about what we do, all our contact details, just in case you want to have a chat with one of our team. Okay, great. I'll put all of those details in the podcast information as well so people can see them. Is there anything at the moment that you wanted to share? Uh, well, j- just to say that Daniel waited six years for a, a match to be found. Um, and in 1999, a, a match was actually found for him in the United States a 45-year-old born-again Christian. So in June of 1999, she donated stem cells, which allowed Daniel to go on and go back to school, back to, went on to university. But because Daniel had such a long wait, when he was 21, he had started to develop other complications with his health due to receiving too much chemotherapy and other toxic treatments. And we sadly did lose him at the age of 21. And this is part of the reason why we are still going 24 years later, because we are trying to build a register in the United Kingdom of black and mixed race people to ensure that when someone is diagnosed as needing a match, um, they can check the world registers and hopefully matches will be found instantly. So there's no need to wait, which gives people a much better chance of beating not only the leukemia, but also avoiding the complications that can come later, which sadly we had to experience and if you want to know more about what we're doing just go to the website we do lots of awareness fundraising registration events it's all there but if you've got any direct questions please feel free to give us a call in the office okay thank you so much it was lovely to have you on the podcast sharing about atlt oh thank you very much charlotte thanks for the opportunity that was so lovely speaking with Beverly. I actually used to do quite a bit of work with ACLT in the beginning when I released my book. And um, you'll know if you have the earlier versions of my book, I do actually have some of their adverts within the book. But they're doing amazing work and they have this amazing celebrity ball every year. It's real fun, you know. Anyway... Next we have Jean, who is talking on behalf of Black Cancer Care. How are you doing, Jean? I'm well, thank you. I'm very well. And how are you? I'm well too, thank you. Excellent, excellent. And what is it that Black Cancer Care does and why is it that you are there helping them when you join them on their mission? Yes, um, Cancer Black Care is um, an organisation that's 25 years old. It was started by Isaac Durobin, um, who started it in 1995 when his brother died of prostate cancer. This was his older brother. And he realised there was such a lack of information. He himself knew nothing about prostate cancer or many cancers. And so he thought to himself, well, he needs to inform this black community about this cancer and how it ravaged his brother. And um, with that, he started up Cancer Black Care. At first, it was just an organisation 
group of people he had around him and they would give emotional support and give information about cancer cancer particularly in the black community because again i think isaac recognized as we do know that cancer is very taboo um, amongst the, the black community particularly our elders our parents our aunts it's very taboo it's not really something that they cherish talking about and sometimes they don't even say the word they feel if you say the word you might contract it so it's sometimes referred to as the sea or it or the ting so um Isaac recognised that there was a lack of information and he um, opened up Cancer Black Care. The name Cancer Black Care yeah. is synonymous with the black community um, and Hackney, where he lived and worked, was the ideal area. And this group in Hackney, um, the services grew, they did support, counselling, um, they did translation because they more or less worked with black and the ethnic minority at the time ethnic minority groups in the area so um by about 2001 um they opened up the brent halston branch and later they opened up the camberwell branch so um two years later they were really doing good work in and around the community and they stretched their wings up to the north of England. They made contacts and links with um, support groups in um, Manchester and Birmingham. So um, the vision really of Cancer Black Air was to give awareness um, so that people, awareness and education, yeah. so that people affected with the cancer got the treatment that they should have had some knowledge and information about the cancers and um, make, help to make advocate so they would help to make um, cancer journey a little bit easier and they would be able to um, access the various um, services that um, in some cases seemed quite inaccessible um, in those days. Now we're talking about 20 20 odd years ago yeah. so everything was a lot more a lot more less of a lot more um, penetrated away from from the black community um so um in those days um you hardly had um groups like cancer black hair so really isaac's isaac's um, foresight was quite a pioneering and in fact what Cancer Black Care did in the early days um, if you can see it, it's replicated quite wide across the board yeah. because other groups that have come behind Cancer Black Care more or less have done the same kind of working in the community education as one yeah. um, advocacy helping people and families deal with the cancer journey and knowing what services to access knowing where to signpost people to and that's that's basically what we still do to this day so um after about 2001 i came into the picture um so initially i was more or less diagnosed 
husband with cancer in 2001, had breast cancer. Yeah. And um, I was treated at um, a hospital where they had a support group, but it was mainly white women. Um, I saw nobody that looked like me. Um, they didn't talk like me, yeah. but it was a good support. It was a good support. And I could see where um, they're privileged. They were able to um, get services and, and they had different take on cancers. And some of these women were had had families and friends. Um, but I realized that even within that community, um, that they too had certain hang-ups about cancer. Mm -hmm. um, so I began to look outside of that framework to see if I could see anybody of my colour who I would feel comfortable with. Okay. And uh, in search of that, I came across Cancer Black Care, one of their representatives who was um, attending the clinic I was being treated at she was attending to give a talk to um, the white nurses um, and I stayed behind and listened to her talk and that was it, hooked ever since. Oh wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, yeah. How can any of the listeners get in contact with you if they need to or maybe come to the group or anything like that? Yes, well, we're in lockdown at the moment, lockdown or lockout, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> so we're not able to meet as a group as yet. Yeah. But we are based in Camberwell. Okay. Um, and we're based at the, at the moment, we're based at the Southern Pensioners Centre. But Roll, who also runs a support group with me, Roll was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, in 2003, yeah. when he just went along for a job interview and he had to have the medical. And um, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. So I met Roll, who I knew from um, my younger years, so to speak. So I met, met Roll at the support group oh, wow. and um, we became friends. So when the support group um, when the organisation in Camberwell folded because of financial restraints and the office was closed, Roland and I said that we would continue the support group. Yeah. So, in effect, there's only one one head office left, um, and um, that's in Harlesden. But our support group, we are attached to that head office, but our support group is in Camberwell, and Roland and I run that group and um you can contact either myself or roll i can give the number um if you if um that'd be okay charlotte yeah that's fine please do yes yeah. you can contact me on um zero seven nine six zero seven double two five three zero and you can contact roll because the group Cancer Black Care is made up of male and female, uh, different cancers, various cancers, and it's made up of um, young and older um, members. So, Roll can be contacted on 0778 476 2287. Um, we offer telephone support. Um, when we are able to visit, we do visits, and um, 
we also have a lot of activities that we do throughout the year. But of course, this COVID year has restricted us yeah. tremendously. We're hoping to open up again in September. Okay. Um, but yes, and in the group, can I just mention, when I first met the group, I met four black women, Charlotte, who had had um, cancer three times, yeah. Anita, who had had cancer two times, their friend was called Sandyford, and Carmelita, who, who sadly passed away some years later. And these were women who had come together um, to support each other and um, run a support group. So... Um, it, it, it's it's the support group and the assistance we give each other as black women and as, as, as black people who suffer cancer goes back some considerable way. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Jean, for sharing. I really appreciate that. It's very nice meeting you and Leanne and your group as well. Thank you That's very the other much. thing we do. We try to link, keep in touch with all the new fresh groups that are coming through. Yeah. Um, make contact because in this whole cancer journey, there is room for everyone. And yeah. um, the more we link, make contact, the more we spread and educate each other and make cancer um, aware in our communities. A hundred percent. Totally agree with that. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte, for inviting me to speak. Thank you. So next we have Aina from Sukoon Through Cancer. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very good. Okay, so today we just really wanted to know, like, why Sukoon Through Cancer started and, you know, what it does. Of course. So, Sukoon Through Cancer actually started after my journey with breast cancer. So, I was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer when I was 30 years old. Um, and the other co-founder, Samina Hussain, um, I met her at my chemo unit, um, at my first chemotherapy unit. And she was also going through cancer, obviously. Um, and she was diagnosed at the age of 45. So, we felt um, during our journey with cancer that there was a real lack of education within the South Asian community with regards to cancer. It's a real taboo um, subject and a real stigma attached to it. Um, you know, things like um, I was speaking to my brother about my surgery and I had people make comments like, how could you mention the word breast in front of your brother? Why would you talk about your breast with your brother? Yeah. Um, Things like um, wear a black bra, the cancer will go away. Um, you must have done something wrong in your life, and that's why you've had cancer. You know, all of these sort of things. And um, there's so many myths within the South Asian community that, you know, your grandparents and parents tell you, then they tell their kids, and it kind of just carries on. And yeah. there's no truth or reality behind it. It's just crazy. Um, so when kind of my treatment finished, um, in 2015 I was diagnosed, um, and my treatment finished at the end of that year, the following year, me and Samina, both of us decided that actually, you know, we've, we're very fortunate that we've um, come out of this um, positive and we've come out of this stronger and we look at life in a very, very positive way. And actually, in a very strange way, we say that um, cancer was good for us yeah. because 
it's just not i know some people might who haven't been through that maybe think that's absolute madness but we feel it's um it's made us um stronger it's made us see life in a completely different light we're so much more grateful and we appreciate the little things in life and and we have the opportunity to make a difference and impact other people by sharing our story yeah so um that's why second through cancer came because we felt that there's a need within the south asian community for education there's a need for tailored support um for the community for them to have a voice and yeah. um, which we don't i don't believe we have at the moment um and if me and samina have the opportunity to provide that platform and support for people then why not um so we decided to set it up it's been a long journey it took us over a year and a half to just set up the groundwork the constitution the legal paperwork the policies um, and yeah. um last year i think it was november we actually got the charity registration number which was such an achievement to get it's fantastic um and yeah we've been operating since last year um february march time okay. and it's been brilliant that's amazing and i really resonated with some of the things you're saying especially about feeling the gratitude and now after the journey and how the little things kind of really count like I definitely found myself with my journey. So what does Sukun for Cancer do? We support um, South Asian women. We do, um, uh, we do um, monthly workshops. So now, obviously, because of COVID, we do it online. Um, yeah. We do monthly workshops where um, we have small focus groups, basically, of people who have had cancer or are going through a journey now or are post-treatment and remission. And every month is a different topic that we do. It might be um, your mindset. So it will be um, focusing on, on gratitude. How do you get yourself in a better mental state? One, time, one month, it might be about your body. So it'd be about your diet, about exercise and so yeah. forth. Um, and the groups are very small, so we try not to get them any bigger than 10 to 12 people so that it's intimate and that you're in a, in a safe space to talk. Yeah. We have a befriending service where if you're struggling and you want to talk to somebody, you can call us, you can get in contact with us, and there'll be somebody there to support you, to help you, to speak to somebody maybe who's been on a similar journey to you. Nice. So a befriending service of that sort. Um, and we do loads of fundraising events and things as well. So how can people contact us? They can contact us through Facebook. Yeah. Um, our Facebook page is called Sagoon S A K O O N Sagoon Through Cancer. Instagram, same page, Sagoon Through Cancer. They can go onto our website, which is www.sagoonthroughcancer.com, and they can go to the contacts page and drop us a line and a complete our online form, and somebody will contact them. Or they can email us as well at contact at com as well. So, yeah, there's several channels. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing about what you guys do. It's absolutely oh, Thank you. I love it. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me. No problem. Okay. So next we have Doyi, who is from Cancer Education UK. So how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Charlotte? I'm good, thank you very much. Why is it that Cancer Education UK started? Right, so Cancer Education UK started, it's a registered charity uh, organization uh, that started in 2017. And I think the main reason why um, it was put together was just to help cancer patient. Being an health professional myself, so I work with cancer patient in Kent and Canterbury Hospital. 
yeah. and one of the C, the CEO of this um, company um, is a registered um, health professional as well, and she worked with cancer. She's already a therapist as well, so she worked with cancer patient. So cancer aid focuses on raising awareness, um, support, and reintegration back into the community. But what is unique about us is that we focus on the Black and Asian and ethnic minority and refugees community in London Borough, yeah. because we feel like these people, this community are at a slight uh, disadvantage. So that is primarily our aim. So those will be our um, priority. And what we do, what the um, organization aim to do is to provide support for cancer patients, um, you know, whatever support they might need. At the moment, we're offering free physiotherapy to all our cancer patients. That's amazing. I know. Um, we also support them during their treatment. So if they need like a body to go to the hospital with them or, you know, someone to chat with, someone to open up with, because I think sometimes with family members, you might not feel so free sharing more stuff with them. Yeah. And, you know, you might trust a complete stranger because, you know, they won't judge you or they don't really know who you are. So it's just to be there to, you know, provide that support, additional support, whatever it is they might need with their um, 24-7 to provide that for them. And what we also do is, um, so apart from helping cancer patients and supporting them, we also try and help them reintegrate back into the community or workplace so yeah. we have like a mini session throughout the London borough of having like, I think the last one we did, we had like a beauty, beauty events where we had like different packages, like takeaway packages for them that has different skincare, you know, small goodie bag for them to take away from the session. We had like a talk to help them just feel confident, you know, because uh, I think within the black community and the Asia community, sometimes they feel like um, cancer sometimes to them is like a stigma and, yeah. you know, people don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. And so we do encourage them to know that they're not alone and it's not happening to them because they've done something bad or, you know, it's from an evil spirit or anything to just sort of debunk the meat about um, cancer um, yeah. and just to like give them the confidence you know you know you we're all in this together it could happen to anybody and the most important thing is to when things get to you pick yourself up and just carry on with life life you still have a whole lot of things to do in your life um, just because you're a cancer survivor or someone going through cancer doesn't mean a death sentence and it's just to give them that empowerment, really. So our motto basically is awareness, support, and reintegration. And for anybody, this is open to, like I said, the, BAM, uh, the Black, Asian, and ethnic minority and refugees um, communities. Yeah. So they can get in contact with us at any time. Our website is www.cancereducationuk.org. Yeah. And they can email us at any time for anything whatsoever on info at cancereducationuk.org. And they can follow us on, on our social media, all our social media, just to see what events we are having, what support is out there. So all our social media and do is cancer underscore ed. 
UK and they can follow us, um, see what's happening, what we've been doing. And in the next few weeks, we'll, we're actually having a lot of um, different initiative and program and events. I know COVID have been a bit, you know, limiting in terms of how much we've been able to support. Yeah. But since things are starting to open up back, well, I don't think we'll quite get back to normal, but things are a bit more fluid at the moment. So we are trying to see if we can have a little bit of event um, soon just to like get people together, uplift people's spirit and just know that, you know, there is still people out there who do care really. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And no, it's my pleasure. It's been lovely speaking with you. Same here. Thank you so much for having us. Bye. Bye. Take care. So next up, we have Toro who will be speaking about bank cancer support. Hi, Toro. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to always to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, so let's jump right into it. Why did bank cancer support start? So this was actually the vision of Simon Thompson, who we know sadly passed away a couple of weeks ago. And she really wanted a space for people from black, Asian and minority ethnic groups to have a space for them to talk about cancer safely, because our cultural issues, our family issues, our health issues are quite different for white people in this country. And also sometimes um, talk about cancer in our own society is quite taboo. So she wanted a really safe space that people could bring their concerns about cancer, but also talk about their journeys and their stories and get support from other people. Great, thank you. And what is it that bank cancer support do? So at the moment, it's a support group. It's a yeah. closed group on Facebook where anyone who has had cancer from a BAME group can um, join. They just have to answer a couple of questions. They just have to answer what cancer they've had or currently right. have and um, what group they were from because we really want to keep this um, particularly for patients and survivors at the moment yeah. and people share their experiences they share advice they share anything that could potentially help people so that's how it is at the moment eventually we do want to make this into a charity and offer different um, services so one of the things that we are you know looking at doing is obviously doing more events uh, and talking about cancer yeah. and then working with other organizations so they can provide more support so for example I've just found a couple of groups um, of a brown um, therapy and black therapists and I just think okay. those people would be amazing addition yeah. for to contact people on the group who need who might need some sort of support because having cancer is relatively traumatic and yeah. talking to a professional can really help definitely and lastly how can people get in touch so at the moment we have a Facebook group and you can just find it on Facebook, BAME Support. There isn't actually an Instagram page, but at the moment I don't have access to it because I need the password, but there is an Instagram group. So please like follow us on there. And as soon as I get the password, I will start posting again. But, um, and eventually we want to do, you know, more events and things. If anyone wants to get involved, please get in touch. It's at BAME Cancer Support. So. Great. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Thank you so much for allowing us to share about it because it's such an important resource for our people. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, bye. Have a good evening. Bye. Evening. Have a good evening. Take care. <laughs>